Hello, my love, and welcome to another episode of the Faith-Based Storyteller Show, where we sharpen and encourage one another in Christ by sharing the testimony God's placed in our lives. Thank you so much for joining me for another week and another Testimony Tuesday, where today we're going to dive into an amazing testimony from a woman who is changing the world. Okay, she's literally changing her world and the world of Haiti. And so today is Giving Tuesday. If you're not familiar, it is a uh, global giving campaign where you can give to nonprofit organizations or charities or fundraisers or any type of um, any type of campaign that is fueling change in the world. And so today I'm partnering with Brittany Hilker of Partner Haiti. She's an amazing woman of God that I met at a conference. And I cannot wait for you to hear not just her testimony, but how she came to find this nonprofit organization. So without further ado, here is Brittany Hilker. Welcome to the show, Brittany. Thank you. Now, I am super excited to have you here. We had the honor and privilege of meeting at Weekend at the Pitch Club, and I was really taken back by not just the nonprofit, but your story. Um, I remember that there were some activities that were going on at the event, and I just happened to bump into you outside, and you were like, hey, you know, are you a Christian? I'm like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm like, oh, well, the Christian girls are over here, and we ended up fellowshipping, connecting, and so again, I'm so excited to have you here, but before we dive in, can you tell the people who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Brittany Hilker and um, I work in Haiti. So I have, I moved to Haiti um, in 2008 and lived there for 13 years and just recently moved back with my family. I have three Haitian girls. So we're moving back to Washington state now. And now I run a nonprofit called Partner Haiti, where we partner with local Haitian medical professionals and bring change to their communities. I love it. Now you're here on the Faith-Based Storyteller Show and you have an interesting story on how you landed in Haiti and how you ended up staying longer than planned. Um, can you walk us through your story? Walk us through how you came to be the partner and founder of your nonprofit organization. Well, uh, to sum it up, I guess I was in college and I had always desired to go somewhere or serve in some way, but I wasn't really sure how or what. And um, my cousin called me up and said, oh, in two weeks, I'm going to Haiti because she was adopting kids um, from Haiti. And so I didn't have a passport. I didn't honestly know where Haiti was, like had no <laughs> idea, probably thought it was in Africa. And <laughs> um, so I quickly got a passport and, you know, jumped on the plane and went to Haiti and it was a four day trip. And I just, I was never the same. I mm. just being there, it's just like, I knew it was for me. That's all I can explain it as. I just literally just felt called there. And so I tried to go home and pack up my bags and leave right away. But luckily my parents threatened me like I had to finish college first. So I had one more year of college and I spent a few months in Haiti that year. Um, five days after I graduated, um, got a one-way ticket and moved down to Haiti with an, a ministry called Danita's Children. Okay. And I spent most of my time in Haiti, a lot of my time in Haiti at Danita's Children. They've become family to me. And they have a children's home and a, a pediatric hospital and um, a church and a school. And so I, I went there to serve and I went there for a year. Um, that's what I thought is, <laughs> and then, um, during that year, I think the first day I hit the ground, I knew it would be longer. Um, but during that year, six months, six months later was when the, that devastating earthquake of 2010 
80 and almost 300,000 people died. And so I was there for that. And then Danita and I went um, on like uh, the rescue team to go down to Port-au-Prince and we were just taking in like busloads of people, families and mothers and children. And some once they, you know, they took in a whole orphanage and bus them back to safety. Um, and while I was there, I met a little girl and she was 20 months old. She had already had been, had a really traumatic story um, from birth, but the earthquake, uh, they thought it took her life. They pulled her out of the rubble to, to actually throw her, you know, in with the other bodies and she started to cry. And so that I was 24 and I became a mom that day. So that was my, my first baby. Um, and I, I just knew she was mine that I would adopt her and she's 15 today. She's just got her permit and, you know, lives in Washington with me now, but, um, I love it. And if I'm not mistaken, I did a little social media snooping. It was just made official your adoption with your kids. 14 years later. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I think it's so beautiful how it was, you said a cousin of yours who mm -hmm. was the first push to go to Haiti because she was looking to adopt kids. And although you had no intention on becoming a mother or adopting children from Haiti, it was literally just that one encounter with someone who was going to do something where the Lord kind of put you on track for that. I'm curious, what were you doing before that trip to Haiti? What was the the mindset or the goals of Brittany at that moment? Um, I was in grad school for social work. And my dream was I was living in Spokane, Washington, and we have a pretty big homeless population. And my dream uh, was to start uh, a home or some kind of program for people on the streets. Um, so always my desire was to serve, you know, and it still is. Um, it's just in whatever capacity that is. I just I never imagined that it would be in Haiti, you know, and it's just kind of how it's, it's crazy. The ripple effect, you know, of one small decision, someone just asking me, do you want to go on a trip? And it changed my whole life, my daughter's whole lives. So that's really cool. That's amazing. Just one small decision. So I'm curious, seeing that you're here on the Faith-Based Storyteller Show, how has your faith kind of led you into those small decisions? Because I feel like this may not be the first time that that's happened to you. Yeah, I feel like, well, I was raised as a Christian and I've had strong faith since I was a little girl, but it's also been kind of a long journey of still coming into um, that belief and making that, you know, solid commitment and belief on my own. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure it's still a process, but I, I do have some moments in my life where, you know, maybe there's a few of them where they're really big life-changing decisions. And I, of course, I prayed about them just like anyone would. But for some reason, I just, I knew that I knew that I knew that I'm supposed to do something. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how God's led me in my life, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's um not in any way because I'm like so avid at seeking him or doing this and that. It's like literally this blessing that he's done for me that in in some big moments of my life I've just known yeah not like I hear him not like that I just I just know that I know and no one could convince me otherwise and they have been in those big moments like like moving to Haiti yeah and like adopt with both my girls adopting both my girls I knew you know I didn't have to think about it and it's just I just knew 
Now so, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. The knowing. Because some people will be like, well, how do you know? Like, they're just like, oh, how do you know when you found the one? You're like, you just know. Or like, how do you know when you found your kid? You just know. It's the knowing that can be so mysterious, so unable to explain. How have you navigated just the knowing? And how, like, how do I don't, I don't even know how to, how I want to, like, surface this question but like I understand the knowing because I've also had the knowing where there are just some places where you're like I know I'm supposed to be in the room that's it like I don't know why I don't know how it's going to happen for me that was South Africa for you it was Haiti Uh, when I was in college I went to a presentation my sophomore year Uh, professor was doing a presentation about a children's orphanage called Vumunzuka Bayabana and how every other year she takes a group of students to um, help build another school there to help with um, medication distribution for these kids who are infected with HIV and AIDS and when I sat there I sat there my my freshman year of college and I was like I'm going to be on that next trip. And for a year, I told my family, hey, guys, don't make any plans. I'll be in South Africa next year. And they laughed. And literally, I was so serious. I'm like, don't make any plans for me. I won't be here next summer. Um, And then when it came time for the trip to come, I sent in my application and everything. I got it approved. But it was a good $10,000 to $15,000. And for a student, I did not have that money at the time. And I'm like, it's okay. I already told people I'm going to be in South Africa this summer. So my family knows, my friends know, they think I'm crazy. They're like, why would you go there? It's dangerous. But I already told them, like, I knew in that moment when I saw the the eyes of these kids, I was like, I'm going to be on that next trip. And I just happened to about three weeks before the trip came, uh, I was called to the financial aid office. They told me that my financial aid was not approved because my parents didn't make enough, but they made too much. So I would have to receive a refund from what they had already paid, which was the equivalency of the ten dollars to $15,000 for that trip. My flight was booked. I went home. I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to South Africa. <laughs> I got my passport rushed. And my family oh, yeah. literally thought I was crazy. They're like, wait, you're serious? I'm like, I've been telling you this for a year. Like, why are you just now acting surprised? Like, this is it. And that entire summer changed my entire life. Now I've been trying to get back since, but you immediately went back. You just knew. So I'm curious how you navigated the knowing. Like when you knew, when your cousin said, I'm going here, how did you prepare to to go? Like, how did you navigate the knowing? Or, you know, when you said you heard your daughter cry, you know, you didn't know it was going to be a 15 year process for adoption, but how did you navigate the knowing in those moments? Well, I think it helps that I'm not really a person who thinks things through too much, which is not always the best thing, um, but I'm sort of like an intuition follower. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess when my cousin first said, do you want to go? It, it was just like, yeah, I want to go. It wasn't like I knew then. You know, I just, yeah, I want to go. I went. And I, I mean, so it was like, oddly enough, during that season, that Lost was, was big, you know, that show. And so we were watching it in college and you know how people like were called to the island and they just like, it was, they Mm -hmm. were drawn. So that's the only way I could explain it to my friends when I came back, because everyone was in the Lost. I was like, just like they were called to the island. I'm just called to this island. I just know it. (laughs) Um, So I don't. I don't even know how I guess I navigated it. I just 
I just knew that's where I belonged is all. It wasn't even like I knew I was obeying God as, or like, it wasn't like I was saying, oh, God's telling me this, you know, sometimes I think people that's, I think maybe God speaks to different people, different ways. And, Mm -hmm. and some people will say like, I just, I heard him or I, you know, and that's never been my way. I would love that, but it's not, it's always just been this inner knowing where I just like, no, and it doesn't always come as easy. I recently just had um, a really tough situation that I was going through one of the toughest of my life. And I couldn't, I didn't know which way to go. You know, I didn't feel that either was right or wrong, but there was a lot at stake. And um, it took months and months of me just saying like, God, I have to hear from you. Please tell me, please. And then, and this one seemed to take longer. It wasn't like I just knew right away. And that part was really hard for me. It's like, why can't I hear him? him?" I just kept, you know, I, and so finally one night I went literally on my knees. I was like, I am not leaving. You have to tell me what to do. You have and then there, there it is again, just knowing, mm-hmm. you know, knowing what to do, no matter what somebody else, their opinion might have been. And it, it was the right decision for me. And I guess, yeah, I, I'm just, I feel blessed that that's how God has been with me. Not that I've ever uh, not made a lot of mistakes or, or misread things, or even sometimes I've known something and it hasn't actually worked out that great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that that's God's promise that everything works out amazing perfectly every time anyways I think a lot of times he does lead us through hard things um, but all things just, work together for your good yeah and so even that the hard things mm-hmm. hey there storyteller I just want to interrupt this episode really quick to let you know that Faith Audio Network is now open Faith Audio Network is our community for storytellers like you, storytellers who listen to podcasts like this, storytellers who know they have a voice and they know that God has given them a powerful gift to be able to go out and speak for him, to give him glory. So if you know that you are interested in joining a community that is going to hold you accountable, that is going to pray with you, that is going to intercede on your behalf and that's going to sharpen your faith, this is the community for you. To learn more and to register, please visit faithaudionetwork.com. That's faithaudionetwork.com. I love it. So tell us more about Partner Haiti. Partner Haiti, um, like I said, I worked for another ministry for a lot of years, Danita's mm-hmm. Children. And it was there that they kind of let me go with this dream of helping malnourished kids. And mm-hmm. um, we started malnour- malnutrition programs there. Um, built it up to be really great. They have a big pediatric hospital now and the best malnutrition program in the country. Um, and then when I moved here, well, my my heart began to be um, for like what a program we called Mountain Outreach. And that's okay. where, you know, finally at Donatas, we had built this, um, she had built this hospital and kids were coming, mm-hmm. coming. And sometimes though they would come too late. And that, you know, right at the time they got there, they would die. Hmm. And so then I'd see these kids and I was like, we got to go to them. Where are they? Where are they coming from? We got to go to them. They're not coming soon enough. And so then we started, you know, going out into these really remote areas of Haiti um, where you take a four wheeler for like four hours and then walk an hour on foot and go out to these villages and, you know, partner with some of these nurses or um, CNAs up there and start little malnutrition programs for them and then have ways for them to come down for help. And um, 
And so when I moved back to the States, which was almost exactly three years ago, um, I started Partner Haiti and I, just so that I had an umbrella to work under, um, okay. it, I've been working with the same nurse since for the last, you know, 14 years. And his, his name is Joel. He's up in the mountains, like um, really Southern mountainous town of, in Haiti that no one even knows exists. And it's it's um, so rural that, you know, people are honest, they're riding donkeys and horses for travel and on foot. And there's, oh, wow. cars, there's it's very, even, you know, Haitians living in a city don't even know that that life still exists in Haiti sometimes. So we are working there and I've been working with him for a long time. And so I started Partner Haiti just to continue to work with him because I thought, well, if I'm here, you know, I'm, I promised that I would never stop helping yeah. kids in Haiti, whether I'm there or here. And um, so we started Partner Haiti together and um, called it Partner Haiti because really our vision was to partner with those already in Haiti, where it's okay. not like being so dependent on foreign help. I mean, it would be financially dependent on some foreign help, but it doesn't need a mission trip. It doesn't need me to go and do this and that. It is mm -hmm. completely Haitian run as it, as I believe we should be. Um, that, that was just my vision for that. And it came at a good time because um, shortly after, you know, the country is just the, pre the president was assassinated and it's been very hard to get down to Haiti. Yeah. Um, most missionaries have left. And so for them to be, you know, fully sufficient running, you know, they don't, they run their own programs. I of course help them. We do it all through WhatsApp. And um, I now have taken a different role of, of the, being the advocate and the fundraiser and the support of the actual community leaders who have hearts for their own people. Mm -hmm. um, who it doesn't cost me you know five thousand dollars to get on a plane and go help it's like he's just employed he's and by employing a nurse or five nurses like we get to do they're also supporting their families and they get send their kids to school yeah and um and they're the ones who know their community you know they know i mean i'll always be a foreigner um even as much as i love them and they love me and i've learned their culture and language and all that I'll always be a foreigner so for for somebody from that community to be now the leader of that community helping those children and those families suffering it's it's really cool it's literally allowing hate people in the community of Haiti to partner with each other but then also yeah. receiving that external partnership from foreign resources foreign organizations things like that Right. That's amazing. How often do you get a chance to go down and visit? Oh, well, the goal is would be a couple times a year now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I never actually planned to move back to the States. Um, I oh. came here three years ago. Yeah, I came here. I was giving birth and I needed a C-section and things were kind of wild in the country. And so I came here for medical care. And that's when, you know, Haiti kind of uh, took a turn. That's where there still hasn't been a, a president. And it's just it's been more controlled by gangs and this area that I work in is pretty impossible to get to right now and so I actually haven't been back but I'm I'm trying for the spring so I'm hoping you know I'm hoping there's a way to get there I love it how can people send resources how can they help how can they get involved you know even with the current economy that's going on there how can we partner with Haiti <laughs> Well, we we already have our programs up and running. We do everything local, so they don't 
they're not relying on the medication to come from here, you know, ship shipment and all that. They buy local. Um, so really it's funds. Okay. And we have um we have ways to partner with us on on our website that you can see. There's ways we we give families goats as a way of creating some um means for a family to support themselves. Okay. Um because livestock is one of the big biggest business um opportunities there in rural Haiti. And so yeah. we give, you know. We have a kind of a campaign on our website, $75 buys a goat. We send them directly to families. I see every goat that's purchased. You know, I talk to every, and that's the beauty of being kind of small still. Yeah. It's like every time a family receives a goat, I get a message from one of them saying, thank you, you know, you know, and, and I just, every time a child is treated for malnutrition, I, I hear from their mom or I see, see videos. And so I get to still really be involved and know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, we have ways of just supporting different campaigns like that. Want to be the goat purchasing, which is $75, something that most, most people can afford, mm-hmm. um, which is a huge blessing for a family. Uh, we also have a sponsorship program that I don't have online. Um, it's more one. I, I have thought about doing things a little bit differently and I, I'm not wanting to um, post the child's picture of, um, that needs to be sponsored and so I do have like some cards that you would get in the mail um, but I'm just not putting them on social media but we only have about 20 kids that need sponsored just because we don't have a school or an orphanage and these are kids more who would like to deal with chronic malnutrition so okay. we're committed to kind of taking them through many years of malnutrition treatment and helping their family so that they don't relapse into malnutrition um, and that if you want to be involved in that that's just reaching out to me just sending us an email and I can get somebody hooked up with sponsoring a kid. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to have all of the links down below. I know your website is partnerhaiti.org and I'll make sure that I have your email um, below in case people want to reach out to you directly regarding sponsorship. Um, I would like to buy a goat. So as soon as we get done, I will definitely make that purchase for you. Um, And I'm just, I'm, I'm so blessed by the fact that that one decision that you made, you are still walking in that decision. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I went to Haiti and I realized I was going to be a mom. And then I came back to the States, which a lot of families and there's no shade to that. A lot of families are like, oh, I want to adopt abroad. They adopt abroad. They bring them back. But there is no way of giving back to the very community or the very place that raised those kids or that brought those kids into the world. And so I absolutely love that you were like, okay, this is where I found my family. And this is how I'm going to help those families who brought me to my family. I love that. Yeah. They've definitely given me more than Haiti has given me more than I've given them. I mean, it's, it's a mutual relationship and I hope to raise my daughters to Oh, I don't even have to raise them like this. They've already been raised like this, but to love their country and and to want to help. My daughter um, was working this summer because we live out kind of in um, farmland, and so you can you can work, you know, after on the on the apple orchards and that at a certain age. And so she worked in one of the her first paycheck. She said, "I want to send it to my friends in Haiti." Hmm. Uh, my my other little daughter, who's nine, she's she says she's going to run partner Haiti one day. And so me and Joel, who's the Haitian nurse, you know, his daughter says the same thing. And so we dream of that if if that's the plan that God has for them. But I, I hope that I can instill that in them, you know, just a, a love and respect for their 
country, um, which I know gets a lot of bad rap on the on the news and media. Um, but mm -hmm. it's really, I can't even tell you, it's like the greatest place you would ever, ever go to. And right now it is struggling a bit, you know, the capital with, with um, political things and gangs, but those people, uh, when I lived there, I could go anywhere I wanted by myself to the most, any village, any city, and they would take me in, feed me, give me, you know, anything I needed and just, they're the most hospitable and most amazing people it's love it's love love has no boundaries love has no language love is just it's universal and the fact that you can go across the country or across the world um, and still receive the same love from people who don't even know your name like that's just the power of love and I absolutely love that what are your hopes and dreams for your future and the future of partner Haiti? Where do you see yourself in the next five, 10 years? I would love to do this full time, full time. Just keep on doing it. I, I wanna I wanna grow partner Haiti um just to be able to reach more people. Um I have a lot of goals. Joel and I both have a lot of goals for partner Haiti. One would be that we would have an inpatient malnutrition center there in rural Haiti because um we are we do have oxygen and we do have nurses and we are able to to give that first line of of care when a child comes and if they're not you know if they're just malnourished we can help them um, but oftentimes if they have other complications we've got to you know we've got to get them on an ambulance we've got to call a helicopter to come to the village send them somewhere mm -hmm. somewhere else and so they don't always make it we have one in route right now i don't know if she's going to make it she came last night um from a village an hour away and uh, she was doing very, very poorly. And so we did get her on a helicopter and she's on her way to a hospital. Um, again, not sure if, if she's gonna be able to make that, but um, the dream would be that we have our own inpatient center and that's kind of in the works. We're not, um, we don't fully have those funds or anything set up yet, but we're that's our dream and we're working towards it. And, and also to have a full-time doctor right there on site so we have a small clinic and it's run by nurses and we have a doctor um that visits once a month because mm -hmm. this this area a hundred thousand people there's no doctor wow yeah only the nurses that we have and so um the dream would be even this year is to start to hire by the end of the year my, my dream would be to hire a doctor full-time up there and start the inpatient malnutrition center I love it. If you don't mind me asking, the child who's in route now, what is her name? I would like to pray for her. Um, let me look at my message from him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Sandra. Sandra. Okay. Okay. And in regards to uh, partner Haiti and people getting involved, um, I see the future or I don't see the future, but like I, I would love to see your next generations and Joel's next generations take over, like how, you know, your daughter and his daughter are like, hey, we want to run this one day. I know you said if it's God's will, it will happen. Uh, but what are your what are your intentions or your goals for your kids? You know, you you were blessed with these children from this place. And so I know as a mother, you have so many wild dreams for them of what could be, uh, but what do you see for your babes? 
honestly, I, I see pretty, um, simply as like, they've, they've all been through really hard things, really traumatic past. And my number one thing I care about is that, is them knowing God growing through this and really getting to know Jesus. Um, and then, and then just fully healing and living a life where they can receive that full healing from God. Um, so I keep it pretty simple. Obviously I have lots of, I, mm -hmm. I see so much great in them. I think this one can be this and this one can run this. And that's, you know, I think all that will naturally come, but honestly, just like anyone else, you want your kids to be whole and healed and, and, um, happy and just to live out the calling that I, I know that they have really big callings on their life whatever that's going to look like. These are girls who by all means should have died and didn't. And I don't get into all the details of their stories, but it's true miracles that they're even alive. And um, mm -hmm. so I just think, and and they know that I think this too. And so they wouldn't say this about their own life, but they're, they were spared for a reason and God has some kind of really big plan for them. Amen. Brittany, I have loved this conversation. Is there anything else that people should know about you, about Partner with Haiti, or anything on your mind that you want to share? Hmm. Nothing that I can think of unless you had uh, any other questions. But yeah, I've just loved, loved getting to talk to you too. And that, that we kept it focused on, on faith and, you know, just the reminder that all of this does go back to to faith and goes back to god um i was i was just thinking earlier about and i listened to i was listening to a sermon on it just like people's wrestling with the problem of evil and how mm -hmm. evil in this world and how can that exist when god exists and you know mm -hmm. i was just thinking the way i get through those kind of questions and those kind of intellectual approaches to the question of suffering and it's just that once we see it this is since I've seen it since I I have a desire to help it's like to me that is God's way of helping suffering or getting involved in human suffering you know it's by putting that on our hearts and then us to respond absolutely I know in 2022 is that last year yeah that was last year um it might have been 2021 I know the Lord uh, sense of revelation that he said he will help us um, and when we look at the book of Daniel and we look at the story of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego um, there was suffering when they were sentenced into the fiery furnace for their death but while they were in that suffering or what should have been suffering there was the fourth man and God was with them and when you actually uh, translate the names of Daniel Shadrach Meshach and Abednego it's not their real names they have Hebrew names so they were given a new name and their Hebrew names, Daniel's name means God is my judge. Uh, Shadrach's name means uh, the Lord shows grace. Uh, Meshach's name um, means uh, if you are like God or who is like God. And then Abednego's name means I will help you. And so even just in the Bible, in stories, when there is struggle, the Lord is always confirming that he is going to help. Yeah. He's always confirming that he's going to help. And so I loved how he helped you he helped you through getting your social work degree he helped you when he led you to Haiti he helped you get back to Haiti after leaving and having to go back home uh, he helped you with your children and bringing your family together 
He's helping you with partner Haiti. He's helping you grow this nonprofit, this organization. He's helping these family by sending these resources. It's just the Lord is going to help. And I believe he he had he always has, he always will. And he promises that he will help us. And so I'm just grateful for the fact that you are obedient in your call um, to help others. And that even through seeing some of the things that are devastating and very heavy, you're still leaning on the Lord for help. So thank you for your obedience. Now, Brittany, before I let you go, uh, here on the show, we have, uh, we love telling stories and we've heard your story, but there is actually a method that we walk through called the story method to help other people tell their stories. And it's literally S-T-O-R-Y, story. Um, and each one indicates something regarding your story. And so I'm going to do a rapid story round with you where I'm just going to ask you the very first thing that comes to mind and you can just share it. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, so number one, what is your greatest strength? Uh, passion. I love it. What is a technique or something that you can teach someone how to do? Anything? Anything in the world? Or um treat malnutrition. Amen. What is an obstacle? Many people have one more time. What was that? I, I you cut off just I a little bit. I taught many people how to treat malnutrition after somebody taught me. Amen. I love that. Uh, question three: What is an obstacle that you've overcome? Ooh, I have so many. I'm like, which one do I say? <laughs> I think even though I was raised in the faith, um, an obstacle would be that I've had to come to my own belief, especially on an intellectual level of who Jesus is. And, and um, that's taken me a long time, but I have overcome it because I, I kept seeking him through it. And I, I have come to a deeper faith now than I've ever had. Amen. I love that. Uh, question four, when it comes to your relationships, any relationships, family, friends, um, who do you do it for? Who's your motivation? Um, my kids. I love it. And last but not least, what is your why? Why do you get up every morning and do the amazing work that you do, Brittany? Uh, I have to. It's just in me. It's that knowing once again. I just feel like I was created for it and that this is who I am. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you for following that knowing. Again, thank you for your obedience and thank you for everything that you're doing with Partner Haiti. Um, I'm blessed by the work. I'm so glad that we had an opportunity to meet at that conference. And I encourage everyone listening, please make sure you get involved one way or another. All of the links are going to be down below and you can reach out to Brittany directly in regards to sponsorship opportunities, but make sure you get involved. Like this is an amazing organization. You know where your funds are going. It's not just a charity right off at the end of the year. Like this is something that we can help if we have the means to help, or even if we're just praying for Sandra or praying for Joel and praying for the people in those villages, praying for the children who are malnutritioned, any way that we can help, we should get involved. So Brittany, again, thank you. Thank you. It was great talking to you.
Alrighty loves, I love Brittany. I'm so glad that we were able to run into each other at that conference. I'm so glad that the Lord connected us. And it's such a blessing what she's doing with Partner Haiti. Like there are so many organizations out here who are doing amazing work around this country, but to actually know where your money is going and to actually know that your money is going to help malnutrition children, malnutrition families, uh, mothers who need pregnancy care, people in villages who need doctors like they're doing such amazing work and Brittany is just such a light she's such a joy and so if you want to connect with her all of her details are going to be down below um, please if you can support someone today for Giving Tuesday please consider partner Haiti um, or some other organization the Lord calls us to be cheerful givers and so it's important that we go out and find someone that we can give to but without further ado, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Thank you for tuning in every single week. Thank you for being a faith-based storyteller, for hearing the testimonies of people who are overcoming the enemy, for sharing your testimony. If you want to be a guest, please reach out. I would love to hear your story here on the show. Um, but as always, always just remember that God loves you and so do I. And I will catch you, my love, in the next episode. Bye.